Namaste, everyone, and welcome to the Jai Bhakti Yoga podcast, where we share information on all things yoga, Ayurveda, and well-being lifestyle. I am excited to share these resources, insights, interviews, and so much more as we grow together on this wonderful journey of well-being. I am your host, Christina Andrini, founder of Jai Bhakti Yoga Foundation and JBYU School of Yoga and Ayurveda. I'd like to invite you to subscribe to our blog on Tumblr, as well as to follow us on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and all the fun social media channels where we share some of the tips and insights and resources from our podcast and vice versa on here. Now let's go ahead and begin with today's episode. Welcome, welcome, and welcome. Yes. And so today we are speaking about Indian culture and the influence that it has brought to the West from yoga, Ayurveda, spirituality, art, food, Vedic wisdom, the philosophy, astrology, uh, meditation, and the wholeness of the culture of India, and so much more. And many of you are familiar with yoga and meditation. And in recent times, the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda that has become more popular nowadays. In these sectors, we come to know and love the Sanskrit word namaste, which means I honor the divine light within you. And we also know this word to be namaskar, which is commonly used in India. And we have come to learn more about the philosophy of yoga through teacher training and through the influence of other lovely guides that have a very uh, special offering throughout our communities. Um, specifically, if you work with us, with um, join us at Vivaya Live, you'll get to see a complete assortment of different yoga teachers with different backgrounds from all over the world that join us there. And of course, those of you that are familiar with India have had the opportunity to experience it and immerse yourself in that as well. And so the um, other things that we want to talk about is the heart of yoga from the motherland known to be India and specifically Varanasi and Rishikesh. And we have come to be familiar with the famous, and my brother will correct me here, and that would be Gange River or the Ganges. And we are also familiar with swamis such as Swami Satchitananda, uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, Swami Shivananda, and uh, Gurudev, Jai Gurudev, uh, Radhanath Swami, Yogananda, and many, many more. Along with the ashrams that we are very familiar with, such as the Shivananda ashrams that most of you are very familiar with. And if you have been to them, I've been to the one in the Bahamas, but I'm looking forward to seeing the one in India, as well as the Pamarth Nikatan Ashram, which is very, very famous in Varanasi, and I'm sorry, in Rishikesh, and then um, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi's Ashram, which is the Shankaracharya Nagar, and that's in Rishikesh as well. And then we have Swami Shivananda's Ashrams, which we are known are all over the world, and Baba Kali Kamli Van Parash Ashram and Yoga Ashram Rishikesh, and so many more. And so today it is an honor and a privilege and a pleasure to have the gift of speaking with my brother Chandran Ramani, who I call Chintu, and he will be joining us live from India today. 
And over the next few weeks that we will be offering this live broadcasted podcast. And Chintu comes from Varanasi, India, which is the oldest city in India. And he has a master's degree in tourism. He is a storyteller in India. And in 2019 was the official government tour guide during the world's biggest religious gathering called Kumbh Mela. He has assisted delegates from over 22 countries and is the founder of the Indian tour business Shores of Ganges. He has over four years of direct experience working in the tourism sector, has organized a vicissitude of tours for international tourism, and will be leading the Jai Bhakti Yoga uh, tour, the cultural and spiritual yoga retreat that we are offering in October with my brother for... Many years to come, we will be doing this with him. So Lord willing, this is what we will continue to progress and do annually. So um, I will let, he will like to highlight the dynamic culture of India and the progressive movement and influence that has crossed the East to the West as we gear up for what's to come on our incredible spiritual yoga retreat in India and his website for those of you that are watching and would like to know more about Chintu is shoresofganges.com. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome him. Yes, you're most welcome. I'm glad to connect with you after a long time and long period. Finally, we connected. Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Y'all, this is my brother, Chandran Yaramani. Chintu is who I call him. And um, he's going to guide us today. In the oldest corner of India. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited that you're here. This is such a blessing. So without further ado, Chintu is going to guide us through a journey, um, a virtual tour, um, I would like to consider it as, um, as a high-level overview as we get ready to dive in over the next couple of weeks, each Monday, a little bit more um, in-depth as to his knowledge and his wisdom of where he is right now, what's to come, and what we will be experiencing in October and, of course, in the years to come. Um, he, uh, he's going to give us a journey through the Indian culture of what we will have the opportunity to see through New Delhi, Jaipur, Agra, and Varanasi. He's talking about the temples and so much more. And so, Chintu, I'm going to open up the floor to you. I'm going to take notes and let you just speak to your heart's desire. Welcome. First of all, thanks to everyone. And... Today, uh, I will start from the India's oldest living city, that is my hometown, that is Varanasi. Varanasi is the most famous city in the whole world. People from the whole world come to see the real spiritual culture of India. And because <clears throat> it is the oldest city of India, so the roots of traditional Indian culture starts from Varanasi. So, uh, it's like, a, firstly, Varanasi is dedicated to the Lord Shiva. Mm. Because here, it's considered according to mythology. And the most important thing is, here we treat God as a part of our family. We, we don't treat God as like a God. We treat them like a part of uh, our family. So, whenever you visit here, in every home in every each and every home you will see a small little temple of lord shiva oh. and, and that is the incredible beauty of my city and here varnasi is having many different names 
Varanasi name came from two different river. The first river is river Varuna and the second river is the river Asi. So Varuna plus Asi will become Varanasi and the other name is Banaras. Banaras means is the ready-made juice of life. Oh wow. It's like a, you when you will travel whole India and when you will visit Varanasi, you're completely your mind will change about India. It's completely a different experience. Some experiences are like uh, uh, you have to feel it, you have to experience it. Here people are, if here people live their life like a family, family they, they give their opportunities, all tensions of their life to Lord Shiva. Mm. And they are, they just chill every, each and every moment here. And the famous mantra of meditation here, people chant that is Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. And in India, in India, when you go to different cities, different uh, states, everywhere, on every hundred kilometer, the way of dressing, the food, the culture, everything, the behavior of the people, everything is changed. It's like in India, people speak more than hundred languages. Wow. In all different states and all in all different cities and the the way of wearing different traditional clothes from south to north, from east to west, everything is completely different. If you want to explore the whole India, at least you have to give one year in India. <laughs> to, the real, to experience the India. And now I will tell you about something about my city that is very important for the people who want to feel the real spirituality of India. When you come to my city, at least you have to stay three to four days. And when you roam around the city, like you will feel the amazing vibration of Shiva is everywhere in whole city. You will feel like you are blessed. And the people, people are having huge tensions in their life and huge responsibilities and so many things in their life. But they act like they are free from all kind of stress in their life. It's, it's the main reason is here people every day go to visit Lord Shiva's most divine temple in India. Mm. The temple is more older than 500 years. Wow. And that is the, in India there is 12 temple of Lord Shiva which is called the Jyotirling. Jyotirling means the presence of God in that temple. And in India, we have 12 Jyotirling of Lord Shiva in whole India. And Varanasi is one of the place where that one Jyotirling is here. So people from other countries throughout the India, they come every day, more than 10,000 people to visit that temple, to feel the divine vibes of the Lord Shiva. Mm -hmm. And here is more than 20,000 temples in my city. On every step, you will see a temple. Wow. Even... Even a small temple, big temples, on every feet you will see temples. Wow. And this is the main hometown of Lord Shiva in India. Because after getting married with Goddess Parvati, mm -hmm. Lord Shiva and Goddess Parvati have decided to stay on the earth in Varanasi. Here we celebrate the wedding of uh, Lord Shiva and Goddess Parvati on the on the festival of Mahashivratri, which means the night of Lord Shiva. Ratri means night and Shiva, Mahashivratri means the night of Shiva. And here we celebrate 
these days is a festival season in India. It's a holy festival season, uh, which is uh, mainly known as the festival of colors. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Of colors. And uh, today is one of the most be- beautiful festival here, which is only celebrated in the city of Mine, Varanasi. That uh, main, the name of that festival is uh, Rangbhari Ekadashi, which means today Lord Shiva and Goddess Parvati will celebrate the holy festival. And if you if you get a chance to visit India during the holy festival, then I will show you how in the temple, almost whole city celebrate uh, this festival today before the main holy festival on the Monday today uh, with Lord Shiva. It's like a completely a unique experience for the people who are from the different world. They will see how the elders and the youngers and the smaller uh, of the same family they are celebrating each and every festival together with lots of harmony love and care are there certain foods that they make in offerings for lord shiva and pravati during this time yes they do mm-hmm. and also do they have in varanasi the ganga arati is that held nightly Yes, the Ganga River. Mm-hmm. And is that how you say it, Ganga River, or how you or Ganges? I hear it so many different ways. We, we say we, we say in Hindi Ma Ganga, which Ma means Holy Mother, Holy Mother Ganga. Ma means mother, and Ganga means the name of river. So we we treat all the goddess with the name of mother, Holy Mother. Like Goddess Parvati, Goddess Kali, Goddess Shakti, Goddess Durga, Goddess Saraswati. We uh, we use the word of Ma. Ma means mother because we consider each goddess as our uh, holy mother. Yes. And that's the reason in India people uh, respect women as a goddess in different forms mm. of women. Because here women consider in a different form of goddess. Like Goddess uh, Lakshmi, which means the goddess of wealth and purity. Mm-hmm. And Goddess Saraswati, which means the goddess of knowledge and divine, divine and uh, the goddess of art, all kind of art in this world. And Goddess Shakti, you know about it, Goddess Kali, the goddess who, dest- who destroy the all evil energies and everything. Yes. So, in my opinion, I have, because my profession is to meet people from whole world. Uh, so uh, it's my personal experience. India is the only country in the whole world where women, where women, treated as a goddess. Mm. Mm. Yes. And that's why we try to spread in the whole world peace, love, and care with everyone, with all the human beings. And is that how it came to the West with? the philosophy of the deities, for example, and the chivalry of bringing the Indian culture from the East to the West, where we now practice yoga and honor the deities through our chanting, through mantra, bhakti yoga. Is that? Yes, I can tell you. Uh, First of all, I will tell you about the mantra. What is the real meaning of mantra? Mandras are the uh, most divine words which is chosen by our ancestors like the ancient times, uh, like the ancient times rishis, 
sadhus, the holy people, they created the mantra to make in Sanskrit to make a connection with God. Mantra are the words of those uh, mantras made up from the divine word, from the divine words which are using to make connection with the God. When you are making a connection with a God, then all, uh, already you will feel the divine vibes and a peaceful mind and all the good vibes inside you. And from, in, uh, from our mythology, whatever we have taught, whatever we have studied, Making a connection with God is a divine process. It took many years, like 50 years, 100 years, 200 years. And only one mantra can change your life. For example, if you are chanting only Om or Om Namah Shivaya for continuously in your uh, everyday, like for 10 minutes, for 5 minutes, whatever the time is possible for you, it will work for you in amazing uh, in amazing positive ways. But if you but you have to give some time because good things always come after a while in our life, and you have to be patient with peaceful mind. And chanting of mantra is a very important part of our life because every day it's our daily routine, and that's why we we are able to handle all kind of challenges in our life with a big smile on face because we know. Why we should have to worry when uh, we are blessed from the blessing of Lord Shiva. Yes. I have a question. Uh, what about the Gayatri yeah. Mantra? Is that, that's another very um, popular that one. Is the most powerful, yeah. That is the most powerful mantra of Goddess Durga, Goddess Shakti. Every mantra, every mantra is uh, related with different deities like uh, with Shiva is Om Namah Shiva, with Goddess Durga and Shakti is Gayatri Mantra, Hanuman Chalisa is with Lord Hanuman and Hare Rama Hare Krishna is with Lord Krishna. So mm-hmm. it depends It depends on the people which deity you are following, like you are following Shiva then you can chant Om Namah Shiva and no one is bound for chanting any mantra and Gayatri Mantra is one of the sacred mantra to get to get rid from all kind of troubles in your life. Do the different states of India have different mantras that they focus on? Yes. For getting for getting peace and for getting alignment, you have to chant. You have to chant only one mantra. You have to focus only on the one. It's not like a, a vegetable market. You have to, some some day you buy something and other day you buy something. That's why that's why in starting I uh, I told you. Uh, only one mantra can, oh sorry, only one mantra can change the life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it includes lots of belief and faith. If you are not having any belief or faith in any mantra, then it will never work for you. That is my personal experience. And my experience when I was working in world's biggest religious gathering in India in 2019, where I met more than 10,000 spiritual people in that gathering and I have assisted more than 1,200 tour, international tourists from 22 countries yeah. in those two months, two months. And those two months were completely a life-changing moment for me. Wow. So what I experience, uh, I'm sharing. Yes. When Ayurveda, 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 about Ayurveda, 
Ayurveda is the best gift to us from our ancestors. Mm-hmm. Because Ayurveda is a holistic holistic medicine to be healthy and happy. It can be roughly divided into two parts. First part is preventive medicine, which can be used to prevent the diseases from occurring. And second part is curative medicine, which can be used to cure the diseases once cured. Once occurred, Ayurveda is known to be roughly 5,000 years old and the knowledge was transmitted initially orally from one to another. Later, Rishi Atre and his students, Charaka and Dribhala documented into the books, into the Sahits, which means the, the books. Mm-hmm. And now Ayurveda is, is spreading almost in every country, every country. Mm-hmm. Because that Ayurveda is the best way to cure your body to, from any disease in a natural way without any kind of uh, artificial medicine. I am not saying medicines are not good, but Ayurveda is the most effective thing which can make us more strong. And especially after the COVID pandemic period, the use of uh, traditional Indian spices, and Ayurveda way of curing the diseases is highly in, highly increased. The, and especially the demand of traditional Indian spices is increasing day by day in the different parts of the world. Mm. Yes. And uh, in India, India is uh, one of the only countries in the world where 70% of the population are strictly vegetarian. The other percent is that because is that the other i think it's three states that eat meat uh, not the three states actually uh, in different states people eat meat but it depends on the religion because okay. india is a dynamic country uh, which includes different religions like christian islam hinduism and sikhism jainism buddhism so uh, in uh, christianity and uh, islam they eat meat so, but they all include in the number of the population in India. That's why I said, I've said 70% of the population in India is uh, vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the cow is considered sacred. Is that something that it's a non-negotiable, even if they do eat meat, that they do not touch the cows? Yes, cows are, uh, cows are uh, considered as a holy animal in India. Because we we worship cow every day, every day in the morning. Like, uh, for example, we provide meal every day to the cows. Mm-hmm. First, it's like an Indian tradition. When you are having the first meal of the day, like, for example, like if you are having the breakfast and the lunch, first of all, you will keep some food side for the holy cow and then you will eat. So it's a, it's a very old tradition. We consider cow as a holy animal. And is that because Shiva is associated with the cow? Yes. We consider like if you are feeding a cow, then you will you you will uh, doing a very good thing as your karma. It's a very good karma because cow is related with Shiva, related with Lord Krishna. 
and that's the reason you have uh, maybe you have noticed when uh, you were in india during uh, during your first retreat cows are moving everywhere freely yes. especially in varanasi mm-hmm. and rishikesh mm-hmm. yes they are <laughs> everywhere <laughs> everywhere cows and every even everywhere many animals but they won't harm people they won't harm Is that why the cow is is also so sacred because the cow is like a mother and provides yes, that nourishment the reason is for example if uh, when a baby born when baby born her mother feed them from their own milk mm-hmm. so from that we consider because people drink cow's milk so that's why we give the importance of as a mother and holy because it is related with lord shiva it is the most favorite one of lord shiva and uh, lord krishna and even in india every um, almost uh, all of the like animals for example crocodile cow and lion tiger all are considered with the different god and goddesses you can see goddess durga picture he is on a tiger and a lion and uh, when you will see other god and goddesses they all are uh, considered with the different animals the meaning of that is we all are living being and you have to protect each and every one it doesn't mean you have to kill to others to make your food mm-hmm. we all are living being and we all have soul in each of us and about the retreat which i am going to start with you that is a, a historical and spiritual yoga retreat tour with uh, chapakti yoga this will include many memorable things for the for the students of yours mm-hmm. because uh, it's it going uh, it include different cities new delhi the capital of india and with the lots of history like uh, most beautiful architecture by moguls as well as agra which is famous for the one of the most beautiful wonder of the world that is taj mahal mm. which is known the for the as like a symbol of love and the jaipur the pink city which is known as the world's first pink city the whole world every every building everywhere is pink color there's that that is a terracotta pink color with uh, very famous forts over there with lots of architecture and in the last of the trip that would be the in the varanasi and which includes a tour a very special tour of uh, holy river ganga and the morning boat through morning boat ride tour and uh, yoga yoga session on the boat in the river that would be very special moment for everyone because uh, first time it would look amazing like you are in front of lord shiva temple and in the middle of the river ganges and uh, everyone is doing yoga for the peace for the uh, for the relaxation and it would be a life changing you can see experience for everyone mm-hmm. and then meditation session in the lord shiva temple mm-hmm. and the good karma day too about which i will tell you let i will tell 
on the next podcast mm-hmm. about the good karma day yes and the most important we are going to celebrate the india's biggest festival that is a diwali festival festival of light and celebration and that will give the most beautiful memories to everyone yeah question about um the pink city so what is the significance behind the pink the terracotta color that they use there actually that city is uh, everywhere in the city you will see that uh, that city is famous for its the palaces and different ports and different kingdoms and the uh, the king of that city is uh, jaising maharaja jaising he decided he decided to make this city with something unique experiences for everyone mm. whenever people come from different countries different places they see something dif- something different and jaipur is the one of the highest international tourist visited place in india people from all world they badly wanted to visit jaipur mm. from the from the its uh, incredible beauty of the fort palaces some few temples and there's some history too and the food is amazing too indian food culture is typically amazing yes. like everywhere everywhere you will find the amazing uh, vegetarian food in india completely amazing question about the food so when we're visiting india i know there's been some stigma around eating the street food versus eating inside of a restaurant is there a difference really or you know the inside scoop of where to have the street food and like where not to eat it i will uh, i will uh, allow you guys for a street food too but uh, with the less spices because on the street food people eat a lot of spices mm-hmm. and i know for international uh, people first time when they are coming to india they cannot digest all the traditional spices of india so that's why it's a uh, people won't allow them to eat street food because of the spices and all the stuff is there a certain uh preparation that one would need to do yes. is there a certain preparation someone would need to do uh before eating the food in india would they need to take like ashwanga or neem or ginkgo biloba or something like that to prepare the digestive system Everything. yeah yes you you guys can you guys can uh, buy the ashwagandha and the neem and all different kind of traditional indian spices in uh, india's oldest city because india's oldest city is the hub of all traditional spices Mm-hmm. So you guys can easily buy all the spices and everything. Plus, uh, you guys can. Uh, it's a natural problem here, so little bit. So you guys can buy some traditional spices too, as well as traditional Indian designer clothes too, which are very famous among the tourists. They love to wear traditional Indian clothes yeah. and all. different kind of uh, malas and all kind of uh, jewelries different jewelries absolutely so anything you guys anything you guys wanted to buy for yourselves you guys can buy in varnasi you can get the best quality in the best price and uh, for uh, for the divine wives too and i have a question about elevation sickness so i had a student get 
a little off because of the elevation and she wasn't used to it. We come from Louisiana, New Orleans. And so here we're beneath sea level and in other parts of the world are of course above sea level. And so um, there was a special tea that she had to drink to help her get acclimated to the altitude, or I guess, I guess that's not elevation, but altitude sickness. So what do you suggest in preparation of coming that we start to get our bodies used to, or a certain spice that we should be start to consume? The first thing, uh, you guys are coming in the month of October during the Diwali festival and uh, that is the uh, during that uh, month that is the start of little winter very little winter winter. so and you guys are used to of that temperature that temperature so it will be a very nice weather for everyone and uh, the second thing is regarding the dressing regarding the dressing so don't have to wear body showing clothes uh, I mean a lot of body showing clothes because to, when we, to respect other countries culture and traditions and about the spices according to that month so I will uh, allow the food which are full of less spices mm-hmm. less spicy but good in taste and very hygienic that is the most important and uh, you guys get a surprise too for the traditional Indian vegan or vegetarian cooking classes in Varanasi. Oh, fine! So it would be amazing. Yes, so it would be it would be amazing for everyone to see how Indian meals are preparing by the people and how they are using the spices. There's different spices, and even you guys can cook too with them. That is so much fun. And then that way we also know how to make it at home and prepare ourselves for when we come back. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, when you come to, uh, when you uh, when you see the lifestyle of the Indian people, and actually uh, in the big cities like the, in the metro cities like New Delhi and Jaipur, the way of uh, living uh, life is getting is. Um, getting a little bit modern, little bit to the west. But when you come to Varnasi in like traditional cities, spiritual cities, you will see people are following the same culture from last 3000 years. Okay. And that, and that culture includes every day they go to River Ganges for bath. Mm-hmm. And after bath, they offer the Holy River Ganga water to Lord Shiva in the temple. And after that, they go to feed cows and then they go to their breakfast and then they continue their regular routine life. So that is a part of traditional Indian life, traditional Indian, typical Varnasi life. And when you will see this, you will feel this, you would like to follow it. It depends on you just for a day. Is this part of the Dinacharya practice? It's the part of regular life of uh, who are the devotees of Shiva or everywhere in Varnasi. Here, every people follow this routine. And whenever they, they, they take dip in the Holy River Ganga, it's like a mind-blowing experience for everyone. Yes. I heard that the tradition is you bathe in the river and some people have only bathed once. What's the, what's the tradition with that? Can you explain that? Yes. It's a tradition like... Uh, uh, it, this tradition started 
before many years, like around 500 years ago. Mm-hmm. People go to Holy River Ganga, they bath in the morning and they, uh, they, they offer some flowers to Lord Sun because Sun is the source of energy in our life. Mm-hmm. Sun is a source of energy in our life, and after that, they go to offer that holy water to Lord Shiva. Mm-hmm. Because Sun and Shiva are the main uh, main part of our life. Because from Sun we get energies, the positive vibes, the the positivity of the hope in the morning. Every morning, Sun gives us hope for the new positive uh, positivity, for the new ways, for the new hope, for the new energies. I love that. That's so sweet. And for uh, for the amazing experiences, you have to treat yourself like an Indian, like you are typically Indian. Yes. Then, then you will enjoy the complete experience of it. About the food, the one food I forgot. One food I forgot to tell you that is the traditional Indian sweets. Oh this yes. <laughs> here, here it's very important when once you finish the meal, you need a traditional Indian sweet. Yes. It can be more. Uh, you can find more than five hundred varieties of traditional Indian sweets, which all are delicious. Mm. And here is a shop in my city that is that is more older than two hundred years. They are using the same formula, same recipe to make the traditional Indian sweets. And those are completely amazing. And that would be a treat from my side to everyone. And especially especially it's a festival time, so sweets are important for every festival in India. (laughs) And even you guys can uh, bring those uh, sweets to your home too, because you guys can keep those uh, sweets for a week, for 10 days too. Oh, wow. I, I, you know I'm definitely going to be bringing home some sweets. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Brother, I wanted to ask you a question about the Indian dressing, specifically for women, because we know that when women travel, they tend to want to wear shorts, uh, depending on the weather. They, And when I was there, I was wearing the Punjab with leggings with the Punjab and a scarf around my chest without fail. So can you explain to us how important it is, again, to really honor the tradition? And also, if, if able, um, the difference between the sari wearing, some wear it over the left, some wear it over the right, and how does that distinguish, and is it necessary to wear a sari, or are we okay with the Punjab? You guys can okay with the Punjab, and as well as you guys okay with the, some traditional Indian kurtas which are very light in weight and uh, <clears throat> sorry and the quality of the cloth is very good very lightweight and it is a very beautiful dress of India too and <clears throat> you guys can even you guys can wear traditional uh, jeans with the tops and everything mm-hmm. and about the sari is the most beautiful dress of women in India yeah and uh, that is um, here women we are sorry almost 365 days yeah but it's a 
these days, uh, women are wearing all kind of all kind of uh, traditional Indian dresses as as well as Indo Western dresses and Western dresses too. But uh, most of the women wear sarees, mm -hmm. sarees, uh, and uh, but it's a little bit time taking process to wear a saree. <laughs> so just be comfortable. Uh, so just be comfortable because we are in the we are the in the profession which needs a lot of traveling and for the traveling sari is uh, not a very comfortable dress mm -hmm. because you have to carry you have to and during the traveling you have to wear the clothes which which makes you feel comfortable and mm -hmm. free mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's why you uh, you can you guys can wear traditionally the indian kurtas or maybe indian indo-western dresses or maybe jeans or some tops and all kind of stuff and for the arms, do we cover our arms in India or long, longer sleeve or no, it's no, fine? You guys only, only uh, have to wear, uh, don't wear shorts. Right. Don't wear shorts and uh, don't wear those clothes which are like uh, showing the cleavage. Okay. With the deep cleavage. Have respect for yourself so that you have respect. This as you're respecting exactly. others, yeah. Because because we consider because we consider women as a goddess and we see everyone with respect. Yeah. And that's our culture to respect each and every person with same with same intentions with same views. Beautiful. And that's that's why we say uh, the ritual tour with Jabakti Yoga would be the most incredible retreat in the history <laughs> and it's the start of the epic collaboration yes it is yes it is brother i love you so much thank you so much for i know it's probably late over there what time is it uh, it's around nine o'clock nine o'clock i will make uh, but it's fine uh, nine to ten it's a normal timing in india normal time Wonderful. Brother, thank you yeah. so much. I'm looking forward to chatting with you next Monday. Yes? Yeah. And we, we're going to be talking about the festivals next week. We talk yeah. about Diwali, Holi, uh, yeah. how you say, Kumbh Kumb Mela? Yes, Kumbh Mela. Kumb that, Mela. Is a, that is a religious gathering. The most beautiful and the biggest religious gathering in that gathering the holy people of India, like the sadhus and saints, yeah. they come from whole India, almost like uh, you will see more than 50,000 the holy people from different parts of India, they come to visit that, that festival and that festival is going to held in 2025, that would be the Mahakumbh Mela. Wow. That would be the one of the most biggest event in the history as a religious gathering. And when I was working in 2019 for two months, during that time, around 120 around 120 millions of people have visited in that religious uh, religious gathering. Wow! So it would be an amazing experience for everyone. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Oh my goodness! Some, some experience I can't. Yes, some experience I can't describe by words, but some experience you have to feel it. You have you have to see it from your eyes, 
and then you will realize the real beauty of the Indian culture and traditions. Mm. Such a blessing. That's, why, that, that, that's the reason, because you can see now the, uh, the yoga, the meditation, the Ayurveda, the use of spices in our food is spreading everywhere in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you are, you, are a, uh, you are one of the best yoga teacher to whom I know <laughs> from a long time. So you have already experienced about it, the power of meditation, the power of yoga, and the power of mantra, everything you have already experienced about it. Thank you, sir. So you know, uh, you know the worth you, and the power more than me. <laughs> oh, brother, I learned from you. <laughs> and, uh, no, I, I'm just, I was just share my experience and... Uh, my knowledge, little, very little, little knowledge with everyone. Yes. Goodness, thank you so much. I am so looking forward to our conversations next week as well. Yes, it will, be, it will be more amazing. Much love, everybody. We will see you next week, and I'll see some of you soon in our online class with Vivaya. And with that, namaste. Namaste and sending blessings and lots of light from the oldest city of India as well as today's festival of Shiva. So blessings of Lord Shiva's for everyone. Thank you and thank you, brother. Namaste. Bye now. Thank you all so much for participating in today's wonderful podcast. As always, it's such a joy and an honor to share in the space with all of you and hold the space together as a collective. I invite you to support my life's work on Teachable. For those of you that would like continuing education units, Teachable will be the go-to for your membership. I'm looking forward to growing together and meeting you all. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram and introduce yourself. I would love to follow you back and subscribe to our YouTube channel for free classes that are posted weekly. Looking forward to our next chat together and I'll see you online, in person, in an immersion or on this podcast. See you soon. From my heart to yours, much love and namaste.